This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. On this day in 1960, Adolf Eichmann, a Nazi official who helped organize the Holocaust, was arrested by covert Israeli agents in Argentina. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of these crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the capture of German war criminal Adolf Eichmann. Let's go back to Buenos Aires, Argentina on May 11, 1960, just after 8 p.m. An old factory worker exited a bus onto a dark street. He heard someone shout, Senor, as he started ambling home, but didn't bother to turn around at first. But the second he stopped to look back, a mob of men darted from the shadows. They tackled him to the ground and shoved him into an unmarked car. The kidnappers were a snatch team, members of the National Intelligence Agency of Israel, Mossad. Most of the unit had witnessed their own families annihilated during the Holocaust. Now at last, they'd captured an old enemy. Their target wasn't just a factory worker, he was one of the most infamous war criminals alive, Adolf Eichmann. Not only did Eichmann serve Adolf Hitler, but he also helped design, organize, and execute the massacre of six million Jewish people. Eichmann was directly responsible for sending at least two million Jews to Polish death camps. But for nearly 15 years after the war, he managed to avoid consequences for his crimes against humanity. However, when Mossad finally captured him, his time was up. The agents dragged Eichmann to a safe house in Buenos Aires and interrogated him. The first order of business was to determine how he'd escaped U.S. custody in 1946. In 1946, just after the end of World War II, 40-year-old Eichmann was taken into custody, but he managed to escape the camp to avoid the Nuremberg trials. Sympathizers and pro-Nazi priests helped him hide and travel Western Europe under different aliases. Though the British tried to hunt Eichmann after his escape, they ultimately called the search off, mistakenly assuming he'd died by suicide. Instead, Eichmann had made off to Argentina and assumed a new identity as a metalworker named Ricardo Clement. His family soon joined him and settled into life in Argentina. But in time, it seems that Eichmann grew careless, confident he'd avoided capture for good. He networked with other Nazi runaways in Argentina. He even offered a detailed interview to a pro-Nazi reporter. 
His statements made it clear he still harbored a boundless hatred in his heart. Finally, in 1957, a German prosecutor sent intelligence to Israel's Mossad. Eichmann was alive and well in Argentina. Isser Harel was the head of Mossad at the time. Later, he wrote, I didn't know what sort of man Eichmann was. I didn't know with what morbid zeal he pursued his murderous work or how he went into the fray to destroy one miserable Jew with the same ardor he devoted to the annihilation of an entire community. I didn't know that he was capable of ordering the slaughter of babies and depicting himself as a disciplined soldier, of directing outrages on women and priding himself on his loyalty to an oath, or of sending helpless old men to their deaths, and classifying himself as an idealist. Harrell determined Eichmann had to be brought to justice, since no other government was actively trying to find him, the Mossad took up the case. It was widely understood that Argentina would likely never willingly hand Eichmann over for trial, so he set up a mission to abduct the Nazi and bring him to Israel illegally. Immediately upon his capture by Mossad in 1960, Eichmann was drugged. Soon after, agents flew him to their home nation by disguising him as a drunken Israeli flight attendant. On May 23, 1960, Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion announced that Israel had custody of Eichmann and that he would stand trial. Argentina responded by demanding the prisoner's return, but the Israeli government argued Eichmann's standing as an international war criminal gave them the right to hold a hearing. The proceedings went forward as planned. Coming up, Eichmann stands trial in Israel. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy, or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On May 11, 1960, Nazi war criminal Adolf Eichmann was captured by Israeli secret agents. Eichmann had joined the Nazis' elite SS organization in 1932. As a high-ranking official, he oversaw the rounding up of Jewish people and sent them to death camps by the millions. In the months following his arrival in Jerusalem, agents made a windfall of arrests. They seized Rudolf Hirsch, the commandant of the concentration camp at Auschwitz. 
Then they captured Eichmann's transportation officer, legal expert, second-in-command, and two other top-appointed Jewish advisors. On April 1, 1961, nearly a year after his capture, the trial of Adolf Eichmann began in Jerusalem. The prosecution was one of the first televised trials in history. Among the 15 charges Eichmann faced were allegations of war crimes, crimes against humanity, and crimes against the Jewish people. Adolf Eichmann testified from a bulletproof glass booth. While he craned to connect with the judge, he refused to face any spectators. The trial was riveting. Moving testimonies offered a window into the horrors so many faced during the Holocaust. But Eichmann claimed he was merely following orders. He worked to protect a deceptively normal, meek appearance while insisting he was innocent. But the more he tried to stand his ground, the more he blew his cover. His true colors showed he was a gung-ho anti-Semite. Eichmann revealed he met with high-ranking Nazi officers at Berlin's Wannsee Conference in 1942. The sole purpose of the meeting was to solidify a final solution to what they called the Jewish question. At Wannsee, he took copious notes to facilitate the murder of the vast majority of European Jews. Afterward, he coordinated the identification, assembly, deportation, and slaughter of millions across Europe. Jewish prisoners boarded locked, windowless trains and were shipped to concentration camps. There, they were forced to work themselves to death, shot, or executed in giant gas chambers. Eichmann couldn't help but out himself as an indispensable Nazi leader in his testimony. On December 15, 1961, the Israeli War Crimes Tribunal found Eichmann guilty on all counts and sentenced him to death. Before dawn on June 1, 1962, 56-year-old Adolf Eichmann was hanged near Tel Aviv. Authorities cremated his body and tossed his ashes out to sea. Adolf Eichmann is gone. It's an unfortunate reality, however, that over 75 years after the horrors of the Holocaust, the same prejudice and anti-Semitism lives on. So too must the fight against these evils. Perhaps by familiarizing ourselves with the stories of survivors, we'll be better prepared to squash injustice and hate in the future. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Amber Hurley. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 